Often imitated, never duplicated. The one and only B. Scott. You're listening to The B. Scott Show. Get ready, love muffins. <laughs> tonight you know why i'm excited why just because (laughs) (laughs) well that's good enough for me oh but i do have a story i have a story how are you brian i'm good made it through another week yes you did we are here it is a tuesday and you know as today has been so busy i'm doing like a bazillion thousand things like i'm stopping by the property to make sure that the construction is finally wrapping up I am, you know, checking on the exclusive that we dropped last night. I am, you know, taping podcasts. I am in here trying to do at-home workouts. Wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, snacking at the same time. Like, I'll, I'll get distracted. I'll be looking at my Twitter, and then I'm supposed to be working out, and then all of a sudden I'm eating something. <laughs> I'm like, this is not how you're supposed to be working out. Good for so, you. Good for you. Right? I, all I, type of things going on here. I didn't do shit today. You <laughs> do shit. Nothing today. I, I was quite the opposite of you. So I'm glad that we're doing this tonight. Right. You feel accomplished. That's right. Um, so this is a story. So I got to tell a story. So this is a story of how curiosity killed the cat. So the guy mm-hmm. that I had been dating, dating for like over a year or so, mm-hmm. Um, I saw cause we unfollowed each other and, um, but I went and checked his page just out of curiosity to see what's going on. And I saw the little round, um, circle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was like, mm, I ain't gonna click on it. And I was like, I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. Then I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I did it. And when I tell you, I clicked on it and <laughs> he was out riding horses <laughs> Outriding horses and, you know, panned around and was with some white man. Mm. That's the kicker. Some white man on a horse. And, you know, it's for, to me, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, I can only assume. I don't know for sure. 
But I just don't necessarily think that you go out horse riding per se. I mean, you could, you know, you could go out horse riding with just a friend, but something about it made, it struck me in a way I was like, oh, okay. You know, okay. And at first I was, I felt some kind of way, but then I didn't because, you know, for me, like you can really tell how a person feels about you in regards to how quickly they move on, Mm -hmm. in regards to what they say when they're upset about how you, you know, separated, you know? And I just feel like that was just even further confirmation to me, for me, that I had made the right decision. And, um, but my, my, the cat was definitely killed by the curiosity. I was like, you you didn't expect that. I did not. I did not expect him to be riding horses. You know, <laughs> that was not on your list. I'm sure. Oh my God. Out riding horses, and I've also been watching. This is the show. If you love Muffins, have not watched it on Netflix. You have got to watch it because it is so good. Unsolved. Have oh, you seen it? Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's good. I just made it through the first episode, <laughs> and I'm pissed. What happened to that man? Like you know, like he. <sighs> It's no way he jumped off that roof and his cell phone didn't crack. His glasses didn't crack. And, you know, then then they when they went to go talk to his closest friend and business partner, they, he put a gag order on the whole entire business. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. If that is not a damn red flag, I don't know what is. Like, so he's obviously hiding something. Mm-hmm. We know where to go to get the information. We know who did it. If you have nothing to hide, why wouldn't you have a conversation about your friendship with the person who passed away and or what information they could potentially have known that could have caused their death? And he had just gotten married. I felt so bad for his wife. I mean, she still is like so emotionally. Can you imagine like you spent your whole life looking for someone and you finally met your match? You finally met the person you want to spend your life with only for them to be murdered. Like, that is crazy. And that's how the first fucking episode of Unsolved Mystery started out. And then I couldn't watch no more because I started getting scared. That's what the old one used to do to me. The old Unsolved Mysteries. I couldn't go to bed after watching those. It was scary. Yeah. I was like, okay, I got to cut this off. I got to I gotta do something else. I got I to gotta watch some House Hunters on HGTV. I can't keep watching this because I'm up in here by myself. I was like, somebody's going to come in here and get me. What's happening? Yeah, it's well done. Very well done. It's very well done. I can't, I'm going I'm to try to watch like maybe one episode a week because I don't want to watch too much because I don't want to, you know, it starts putting you in a place and you start dreaming about it at night. Yeah. I was like, I can't do that, but it's good. Yeah, it gets dark. It gets real dark. Netflix is really like, they are... And have taken over the business. Mm-hmm. Like all type of shows and contents. It, it getting to a point where I don't even have to go to another um, streaming service. Like they have everything. Like I can find something on Netflix any given night that I want to watch something on television. They're killing it. Killing it. Killing it. And they, they're starting to send me all types of promo. There's a new movie on Netflix called um, The Affair. Um, well, no, Fatal Affair. It's Fatal Affair with Nia Long and Omar Epps. Saw that. Um, it, it 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 was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I want my love muffins to watch it, but I felt like it could have been better. Me, you know, I had too. to be honest. I supported it. I watched it. I was very grateful um, of them, you know, sending me the promo stuff, um, but at the same time. It was just, you know, a bit much. But what I did really enjoy was the old guard. Did you see that? 
No, I haven't seen that. It's super, super good. And they sent me a, a promo for that. And they went all out for that. They sent me a video projector. They sent me personalized like dog tags, you know, if I, <laughs> for like if I, if I was in the military. It came in this like super cool black box, um, all type of other little things and moments and stuff. It was just, I was like, wow, that's a budget. That's a marketing budget. To send somebody a projector, a yeah. video projector, like that's next level. That sounds great. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's because, you know, when I wasn't on Instagram, I think a lot of promotional things now happen through Instagram. And when my Instagram was down, people were just wasn't seeing me as much. And so now that my Instagram is back up and for you love muffins that are not following me on Instagram, you better get your asses over to Instagram. It's Instagram slash, you know, Instagram.com slash B Scott or at B Scott. So follow me on Instagram because all type of moments I'd be posting. And, you know, my Instagram is a bit different from the website and from Facebook. You know, we put all the stories and things in the Insta story. All my posts goes into the Insta story, but the page itself is more like, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black is Beautiful, Black Boy Joy, um, Black Girl Magic. I try to, and then funny things, things that kind of uplift people. I put, I try to do a mixture of things because, you know, you can't always see things, negative stuff or things that kind of make you feel some kind of way. You need a good mix. <laughs> and so my Instagram was a good mix of those things. And I think I do a good job to, as to like standing out from other Instagram pages. And, but without further ado, I think it's time. I think it's time. I do think it's time to drop the exclusive. <laughs> A.B. Scott. Exclusive! <laughs> That's always going to tickle me. Love it. Um, back in the day, we used to do, this is a B, this is a lovebscott.com exclusive. Um, so yeah, so last week, I was, I came and I gave you an exclusive. And we said that there's going to be potentially two new housewives on Alan- the house, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and um, one of which was Drew Sedora. That's really cool because I didn't even realize I forgot back in the day that Drew Sedora's sister, Allison Jordan, tried to help me. She was like trying to manage me. She was trying to help me get some gigs and things and and whatnot. And that was many moons ago. And now fast forward to here we are now. I'm dropping the exclusive information and tea about her sister, Drew Sedora, who she still manages, I think, becoming one of the newest housewives of Atlanta. And last week I said that there was also a pretty YouTuber, but I didn't know her name, was a pretty YouTuber um, that is joining the housewives of Atlanta. um, And we now know her name. We now know her name. Can you hit that? That is the exclusive one more time. Just hit that. A.B. Scott. (laughs) Exclusive! (laughs) one here again. Um, Latoya Ali is her name. Latoya Ali. And there is one caveat with Latoya joining the show. The caveat that my sources have told me is that there is an issue with her husband. Okay. Okay. So her husband, for whatever reason, um, is hindering what she can and cannot tape. And we don't know whether it's you know, her husband not wanting to tape him, you know, or appear himself and or not wanting the kids to show up for tapings or be on television. Hmm. And if they can't resolve that, because the network and everyone wants her and the production company 
wants her to be a housewife. But if they can't resolve that husband issue, then she's going to be a friend of a show. That's the backup plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and their overall goal is to have the, sh- have the show in general start trending younger and to try to you know, pull in some more millennials to watch the show. And I also recapped um, on this post. You can read this post on lovebescott.com. We also recapped that Nene is still fired. Um, and, you know, it's because of the fact that she, you know, was beating up producers last season and she has a really bad attitude and she rubbed along a lot of people the wrong way. And Candy has confirmed that the, the core four have begun taping, right? And so the core four, Candy, Kenya, Cynthia, Portia have all begun taping. And then Nene has taken to Instagram and to social media. Um, to share a different story. And this is some of the quotes that she said. She said recently, as as recently as July 18th, if I told you the way I was treated, you would not believe it. The same with Tamar. And then she said, I love to say more, but I'm afraid it won't be received well. I won't get the support I need. Then she said, I have remained quiet. I haven't said anything on it, but it's coming. I will be speaking. I have the right people to speak. Wait for it. And if that doesn't sound like a threat to me, I don't know what is. Yeah, she always. And like I said in the last episode, if you don't have an issue, if you haven't been fired, if you haven't been, you know, being pushed out. And when I say fired, I'm saying for all intents and purposes. That means that whether you want to say that she has been offered some lowball offer that is so super duper disrespectful that she couldn't in good conscience accept it or whether you want to say that they are allowing her to come on the show, potentially if, you know, to say goodbye to the girls, whatever the case may be, whatever the situation, and that will, I believe, very soon, the the true details of everything is going to come out, like the nitty gritty of everything is going to come out. And for all intents and purposes, she has been fired because this is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. I have remained quiet. I haven't said anything on it, but it's coming. I'll be speaking. I have the right to speak. I mean, I have the right people to speak. Wait for it. That doesn't sound like somebody that's happened to me. Mm-mm. Nope. And my sources are telling me that she is going to announce her departure from the show. And she's also going to be potentially, allegedly, making allegations against True Entertainment and Bravo for racial discrimination. Yeah, she's bitter. And this is not the first time that Bravo has done this to OGs. Vicky from you know the Housewives of Orange County, as well as Tamara. They both were giving very, they were given very similar treatment where basically they couldn't, they, they had to walk away. They've been pushed out. That's why they both ended their, their runs on the Housewives of Orange County because they were pushed out. So all intents and purposes, they were fired. That's what, that's what I'm saying here. You know, we can get technical and say, okay, well, you know, technically, like Bravo said, technically she hasn't been fired because she, they don't want no legal situation from it. But if you were the head you know, the HBIC, as she likes to call herself, then why, why are you mad? Why are you so mad? <laughs> like, what you mad about? And meanwhile, they're giving Lisa Vanderpump random spinoffs about her dogs. <laughs> her dogs are getting the show. Her dogs are getting the show on Peacock. Peacock is the new digital platform that NBC has launched. And also, you should pay attention to this, too. All the four core housewives have posted and promoted Peacock, the digital platform. And Nene has not. 
And it's my understanding that she was not asked to. <laughs> and I will say today, I'm very um, happy and grateful for all the support that my exclusive has, has received. There has been past episodes where I have complained and, and bitched about people um, not, you know, citing us and not supporting us. But this exclusive was not that. Um, Shade Room, Ball Alert, um, The Neighborhood, Bossup, um, Madame Noir, and so many more um, supported us today and ran our exclusive. Good for you. That's awesome. And yeah, I really appreciate that. And I'm grateful for that. And um, it was really nice not to have to ask anyone to do it. And I guess you, you know, at a certain point, certain exclusives are just so big. You know, I'm coming out announcing two potential housewives that they had to cover it. And, you know, and all the, you know, what we do is like, I've, I've begun, I have um, now realized that the narrative that we craft is just as important, if not more important than the actual tea. So what I'm saying about that is just like, you know, you have to put the story together. It's not just dropping the tea, but you got to get people to understand the tea. You got to get to connect the tea together and, and all the tea. And what we did in this post on lovebscott.com, if you go to the top and click on exclusives, you will find the post that we connected all of our previous exclusives within this one exclusive to remind people what happens is that, you know, the, the tea over time just starts to pour, you know, pour more and more. <laughs> it's good. It starts to away. come forth. Yeah. <laughs> come forth. You know, it gets very biblical, you know. It's poreth, it's, it cometh, it overfloweth. Manifests, that's right. It manifesteth. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it, man it manifesteth. Um, and, you know, I just am grateful for the support and I'm interested to see what these, you, you know, these young girls have to bring to the table because at some point you gotta, you gotta shake it up a little bit. You can't have the same things and think it's going to be you know, a different result and different outcome. Here's today's STEM tip. Don't throw out that old plastic bottle. Repurpose it by turning it into an awesome terrarium. Just fill it with sand, pebbles, soil, and your favorite plant. It'll grow sealed right in its own ecosystem. Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. At CDW, we get modern servers need to be flexible. Flexible, scalable, and predictable. I predicted you'd say that. Okay, what would I say next? Probably something about server security. Impressive and freaky. CDW can implement secure Hewlett-Packard Enterprise Gen 10 servers that improve speed and performance while reducing costs. While co reducing costs. See, predictable. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. I predict a web address. CDW.com slash HPE. I'm in your mind, man. And um, I want to go into the second thing. It kind of relates because one of the things that Nini also said this week was that she had spoken to Tamar after Tamar because we that happened that happens since the last podcast, right? That's right. Yeah, right at right after. Yeah, so right after the podcast that we did last week, um, Tamar was rushed to the hospital um, for a you know suspected suicide attempt, um, and she evidently was drinking and taking some type of prescription meds. Um, she. Um, you know, she was found by her boyfriend. He called the police. Um, he called 911, and I think we have that clip. Fire paramedic operator 148, what's the address of the emergency? And what's the emergency? 
Uh, my girlfriend is not responding. Are you with her right now? Yes. How old is she? She's not awake. She's okay. Like can you wake her up? Can you shake? Can you shake her and yell at her? Try to wake her up. I'm shaking. Uh, she has a little bit of her eye open. All right, sir. Like I said, we're on the way. Um, I'm going to stay on the line with okay, you. Okay. Uh, she's been drinking. It's like a half a bottle. Uh, uh, <clears throat> she's on medication for depression. I don't know how much. She sent a letter earlier. She, uh, anyway, just ask him to hurry. I'm sorry, sir. You said she's on. I just ask him to hurry. She's on. She's on medication. She's she's uh, she takes medication, but she gets anxiety. I don't know if she's taking her medication or what. Oh, or if she's, uh, she was very angry earlier on. <coughs> she has trouble with the network. She's just a company she's working with, and they did some things today. And she, no, no, no way. This before. I hope. She, I hope this is not. <sighs> okay, sir. Thank you, fucking network. <sighs> Well, she needs she needs some help, sir. You guys, you guys, you guys should uh, look for some help for her. was intense so evidently what he's speaking of is that tamar is under a contract with we tv that is pretty ironclad from what i understand and what my sources have said to me that she is um, pretty much anything tamar does tv wise um, she has to ask permission for um, and we has to sign off on it and my sources also said to me for example um for for we to sign off on her to do the VH1 show that she has with Johnny Wright, the hairstylist, um, they had to, she had to agree to do a show for we. And I take it that the new show that she has called Get Your Life on <laughs> We TV was the show that she had to agree to do if they wanted, if they would let her do the show on VH1. Um, and the whole situation has been really hard for her. And she also, um, from what I understand, when she when they did the Ayana episode and they ambushed her with the information that they had dug up about her being molested, that was really, really traumatic for her um, to bring that up in front of her whole family, in front of a whole crew and all these people around when that's not something that she wanted to share like that or something she wanted to relive. And I think that plays a huge part in where she's at right now. They basically have, they brought up something that she um, was still dealing with, something that she did not want to deal with like that, in addition to them basically controlling her life. 
And like my grandma used to say, you know, their WeTV is basically controlling her bowels to move, if you get what I'm saying. Like they just control everything about her and she feels trapped. And um, when, I think there was a, a, a note or something that she sent to, um, I think sent to family members in regards to how she, I mean, she sent a, she sent a letter to We and to um, AMC, I believe, um, where she kind of delayed everything out. Um, but also she sent a text or tweet, like a draft tweet to her family um, where she was just, you know, very distraught and she was contemplating, you know, is that, is, you know, is death the only way out? You know, is, is this the only way to be free? And so I don't know how this is going to play out. You know, I, I think that, you know, she has, the update is, you know, ever since the blast, um, broke the story and, you know, I was texting back and forth with Mike, um, Walters, um, who is, the, you know, the owner um, of the blast and he broke away from TMZ from Harvey to start the blast or whatever the case may be. So we were texting back and forth because I desperately wanted an update because, you know, me and Tamar had made up um, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I was just, you know, just, you know, rooting for her and, you know, starting to post things again and things of that nature. And, you know, I just wanted her to be okay. And then, you know, eventually he gave me the update that she had been moved to another facility to continue to get um, mental health treatment um, for her depression, for her anxiety, for um, the sexual abuse that she experienced and she hadn't quite dealt with and also, you know, being brought up so abruptly like that. And I personally, you know, I am, I sympathize with her so much about no one wants to talk about sexual abuse in such a public setting, um, not on their, and also not on their terms in any way. That is not something that should be thrown upon somebody on a fucking reality, you know, television show. No. Like, you know, even though these people get up there and they, you know, show themselves and they're all different parts of their life and they may be right or wrong at different times or whatever the case may be, she did not deserve that. That is, that is taking it way too far. And, you know, I'm sending, you know, Tamar nothing but love and positivity and, you know, good vibes. And I hope that she comes and they, you know, we TV and her can sit down and come to a resolution where everybody can be happy. Because, you know, it's like, you know, the other side of the coin is that, you know, we TV and AMC have invested a lot of money in Tamar and that family to, give them a platform and they're not just going to just arbitrarily decide to, to walk away from their investment. Yeah. That's, it sounds like a line was crossed though, for sure. Oh, for sure. You know, a line was crossed, but they have to come to some type, some type of agreement just because it's reached that point, I believe. And another situation that I think that was really um, traumatic um, and crazy um, was basically Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco got on Instagram and was, I think he's responding to some comment or something where he has said that, you know, for three seconds of his life, you know, he, he, you know, he lost everything because of three seconds and then he got everything back. 
And, it, you know, something to the fact that that would never happen again, you know, like he's so grateful and, you know, for three seconds. And, and what he was referring to was the altercation that he had with Evelyn Lozada of Basketball Wives, where he headbutted her and I, I may have also hit her. Um, and she had this big bloody gash on her forehead. And that was notorious and they, you know, ultimately separated and that was a wrap at that point. Um, I do believe they were engaged, if I'm not mistaken, and all that just, you know, went left. And so she saw the clip and she was devastated by it because she, he, she, she felt that he trivialized it by saying it was three seconds. And she said, number one, it was much longer than three seconds. It took more than three seconds to do what he did to her that particular day. And also, furthermore, that was not the only time. So she, she's claiming that he has, you know, he put his hands on her and was physical with her other times as well. And she got super emotional about it. And she was like, she, she takes responsibility for the fact that she's on a reality show and she has not been, um, she has at times been the aggressor. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what people have been saying to her and trolls and stuff are saying, basically, you know, because they have seen her be aggressive and um, towards people and, you know, fight and try to fight or throw things or whatever the case may be, that in some way she deserved what happened to her or she played her part. And she was saying that's not the case because in her relationships, she's not the person that people see on television. And I will say it's two things here. It's two sides of this too, and not not pertaining to what happened with her and Ocho Cinco. I'm talking about reality TV in general. Number one, they reality TV cannot show or edit together something that did not take place. If you do not give them certain material, they can't make it happen. They can't make an altercation happen that didn't happen. Right. Right. So that's the, that's one thing. But I will say, from my experience with reality television when I did Chef Ro Roble, um, that Bravo show, I appeared twice in two episodes. And, but the first episode, I felt completely set up. You know, I don't do well with heat, you know, especially if I'm done up with makeup and hair and everything. And my party had all type of ice sculptures and they were serving up damn sushi. And I walk in there and somehow, miraculously, the AC was broken. And so the ice sculpture had melted, the sushi was fishy, and my hair and makeup and everything just wilted like some damn lettuce. Yeah. And so that took me from my normal, you know, namaste to I'm popping off. Like I'm ripping off the mic, I'm smashing it, I'm cussing people out, I am upset, I am livid, right? And I don't, and I personally don't think that just happened just because I think that's just the nature of reality TV. They want that's that drama that people tune in for, right? That's the drama that we cover on the Housewives of Atlanta and on all these other shows on, you know, um, Marriage and Medicine and everything on the Braxtons. You know, that's what they kind of push you to do. Like these producers and stuff, they instigate this drama so people would watch the show. Or they feel like that's what needs to happen for people to watch the show. And that is the reason why when Love and Hip Hop reached out to me, when one of the producers reached out to me and asked me to be on the show, I was like, absolutely not. You know, my phone literally thought the message was 
trash. It thought it was junk mail. They're like, this is this junk mail. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely. Because I know I'm not built for it. I know a lot of people aren't built for it. I don't feel like Tamar is built for what they were trying to do. I don't think Evelyn is built for what they're trying to do. I don't think I'm built for it because I'm not that person. I tell you one thing. If I was on a reality show and someone threw some water on me, someone spit on me, someone tried to fight me, you know, any of it, I don't even tolerate people raising their voice at me. That tone, that tone alone would get you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You got to be careful how you say what you say because that would make me feel some kind of way and we're going to have a problem. And I'm from the South and we don't play. I don't do a whole lot of talking when I'm upset and I don't want people to take me out of my character and then I'm going to be in jail and then I have lost everything that I work hard for. And so what you're seeing, I think for a lot of this talent, you're seeing the ramifications of when they first started, they didn't have the name that they have now, right? So if you even look at all of it, Nene wasn't, didn't have no type of name. Tamar was Tony Braxton's sister. She's not the person she is now and doesn't have the notoriety that she has now back then. Same is true with Evelyn Lozada. So there's a certain part of it where you are grateful for certain parts of it, but then also there's a, a, a huge negative part that comes with it too. Mm-hmm. Because especially when they these networks and stuff feel like they made you. Because then when they feel like they made you, they feel like they own you. And, you know, I think that that is a situation that is like a catch-22. It's kind of like with artists and it's like the whole Megan Thee Stallion and her record label situation. Like, had they not put in all that money into her, would she be the talent she is today? Would she have achieved what she has achieved? Maybe. Maybe not. Right. It's questionable. And then so how how do they recoup their money if, you know, the moment that the talent starts popping off and, you know, and making popping and making this money, the talent just decides, okay, I got to go. You know, like it's just, it's a catch 22. It's like, a, it's a thing. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's been like this, the crazy thing about these topics is that, you know, and I said it last episode, it keeps getting more and more intense and as if we needed anything else. So at the same time that Tamar, okay, let me paint the picture. At the same time that Tamar, we were trying to figure out, I was reading when the Tamar news came through, I actually was reading tweets from Nick Cannon. So Nick Cannon was started tweeting like things that were very kind of like, it seemed very suicidal talking about he's leaving earth. He don't want to be here anymore. Peace out. And that is stemming from, he had a, um, we did talk about this in the last episode, but he had a conversation about, um, you know, he brought somebody on that was from Public Enemy and the person from Public Enemy. Is that right? Yeah. It's Public Enemy, right? Yeah, Professor Griff. Yep. Professor Griff, is he's a, he's a known anti-Semite. So he has said a lot of things that were very, um, uh, you know, very not good <laughs> in regards to the Jewish people. And so he came on and they were saying some things and I don't want to go into the ins and outs of it because I don't want to be accused of saying or supporting or not supporting whatever what they were saying. Whatever the fuck that they were talking about on the show, it got him canceled real quick in a hurry at Viacom CBS. Yeah, it was really hard. So hardcore. they ended a 20, hardcore, 20-year relationship done. Mm-hmm. And Nick at first was not going to apologize for it. But then, you know, I'm sure those executives started calling each other <laughs> and they were like, um, 
we're going to cancel him everywhere. And I'm pretty sure he got a call from Fox where he has um, The Mass Singer, his show. And they were like, if you don't apologize like this in this specific way, we're going to cancel this show too. And he was executive producer and the host of that show. And they were going to cancel him out of it. And so he, in you know, very quick fashion, released an apology um, for his anti-Semitic comments. Um, and he, you know, was very, you know, apologetic. Then what happened is that the black, he felt like the black community from what he was looking at online was then turned on him and was calling him a sellout because he apologized for these comments that offended the Jewish people. Um, and then that's when he started, you know, saying those tweets and things. And he got hit from both ends real hard. He got hit from from both ends real hard. And but I also think that what he should have done was he should have apologized and then just took just stepped away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, when things are popping off and people are, you know, I drop an exclusive and people oftentimes get upset with me because the exclusive information that we drop relates to people that they really like and that they have known for years. And they don't like the fact that I'm dropping something that may not be the most positive thing about this person that they like. And so they try to come for me in any way they can. And I just put down my phone. I step away from it. You know, I go for a walk. You know, I eat, take a bath. <laughs> you know, a couple of hours later, it's died down because, you know, it's just when you don't give trolls what they want, then they move on to the next person that will give them that gratification that they need. And that they're looking for. And so Nick, I just, I feel like certain celebrities just, just don't know that lesson. It's, to me, I honest to God believe, and I feel this way, that celebrity, celebrity is not real. It's real, but it's not real. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't take people's opinions of me that, doesn't, that do not know me seriously at all. Like, I only, for you to truly matter in my life, like, I have to know you. Like you give an opinion about, you know, like, you know, when people give an opinion about my school, like y'all don't even know none of the people involved. Y'all don't know my sources. Y'all don't know that I know everybody that I'm talking about. And we have all this behind the scenes stuff that's going on. Like, you know what I mean? So like, I don't, someone on the outside can't possibly say something to me that will bother me about a situation that I know that they have no idea about or could possibly understand because they are not B. Scott. And the same is true for Nick Cannon and for whomever else. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you are in these situations, when things are popping off, you need to take a break. Nick should just push back from the computer, put his phone down, drop that apology so his whole life wouldn't have been been canceled and went for a jog or something. But he didn't do that. Um, He, you know, was reading these comments from the Black community and he felt like they were rejecting him. And, you know, he was, you know, did an emotional post um, after his friend um, Ryan Bowers committed suicide where he had mentioned, he mentioned that he, you know, had been, you know, contemplating having suicidal thoughts himself, which we already kind of knew from the tweets that he had posted before. And then he decides, I guess, I think it was today, he decided to sit down with a rabbi and discuss the anti-Semitic controversy. And do we have a clip, right? Yep. I made a lot of people mad. Your community mad? I made my community mad by apologizing. My core question for everybody in our community is, is he sincere? Is this real? Do you feel I'm sincere? At this point, yes. I believe 
hate is an energy and it's very contagious. Well, I don't have a hatred towards any group of people, but specifically Jewish people because I feel there is such a connection. You know what that common hate for the black community comes from and the Jewish community comes from? White supremacy. The idea of eugenics and still placed on us today in America and that Hitler adopted. That's correct. From came from America. And, which caused the Holocaust. And now being used by the Communist Party in China against Muslims. And I will say this, you don't have to be white to practice the energy of white supremacy. That's evil. That's what you and I hate. Yeah. Man, they have some deep combos. They have some deep combos, but at the same time, I think he needs to just take a break. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that was necessary. You know, I think that was him him, him trying to further, further stop the bleeding and then... He had a, a national syndicated show that was supposed to be coming this fall, and that's been pushed. So that's been pushed to 2021. And I just think that he needs to take a moment to kind of gather himself. We don't need no more podcasts. We don't need no more videos. <laughs> we need, and we sure as hell don't need no damn rap ciphers. No, no. <laughs> that would- I still don't understand why he's still re-rapping sometimes. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> Nick, if you don't shut your ass up, we don't want to, you, that's not what we want from you. <laughs> I do not want to hear you rap about nothing. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) And Nick holds a special place in my heart. And he holds a special place in my heart because he was a fan of my work. And one day on Twitter, he said, be what you're up to. And I said, you know, sitting here talking about how much I love your wife. He had just married Mariah. And he said that if, you know, what are you doing this weekend? I said, nothing. He said, well, if you come, if you can get to Vegas, I would arrange for you to meet her and interview her. And so he was the catalyst for me meeting one of my best friends and to have that whole experience of meeting my idol and befriending her and the rest is history. So I am grateful to him and will ever, forever be grateful to him for that. However, (laughs) I can't support anti-Semitic comments and I also can't support the fact that he is still trying to, you know, Continue whatever he's doing when he just needs to take a break and to kind of step back. It's yeah. a good idea. And the same is true for like I mean we go from one debacle, yeah, to the next debacle. I know where you're going. The next debacle is Kanye West. Yeah. Kanye West is getting to the point where I cannot take it anymore. I cannot take any more of Kanye West. They need to figure out how to get him on what is it called a fifty one fifty. Yeah. Is it a 5150 or 5051? Whatever. It's a, <laughs> whatever the motherfucking hole is that they put Britney on, they need to put him on. And whatever she's on, he needs to be on because he's out of control. It went, he out of nowhere, you know, on top of everything that he has done and said before, he announces he's running for president. As if anybody asked for that. He announces he's running for president. And then he said he's going to, he out of nowhere decides he's going to fly to South Carolina where the coronavirus, I'm, I'm hearing and understand because I'm from North Carolina and people have been telling me that South Carolina, the coronavirus is, is, is rampant. <laughs> it's ravaging um, South Carolina and it's everywhere and they don't have no real reporting really about what's going on. So he's going to decide to go there in the middle of corona situation to do a rally and to try to get on the ballot for South Carolina. And he goes into this rant, and I think we have a clip of it. When Harriet Tubman, well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for all the white people. Y'all, we leaving right now. 
<laughs> you ready? <laughs> I'm with her. Yeah. She said, like, y'all, we leaving right now. I want to say this. Keep Harriet Tubman out of your fucking mouth. Okay? Harriet Tubman freed over, estimated over 300 slaves. She went back and forth and back and forth on the Underground Railroad. And no, like Portia, you know, mistakenly years ago, it wasn't an actual railroad underground. (laughs) I love Portia now. Um, And I think she's educated herself, but there was one episode where she thought it was actually, you know, in the ground um, and it was a railroad, but it wasn't those things. It was just a path to the North from the South. And we need to, to respect, you know, that's, I think that is at the core of a lot of people. There's a lot of miseducation. There's a lot of people who are just flat out ignorant. If Kanye would have just taken some time to educate himself instead of feeling just because he has done well with mastering, manipulating um, celebrity to, be, to the point where he is a billionaire or almost a billionaire, it still doesn't give you education. It still not, does not give you a a knowledge of your history. He needs to read his history. And so does Nick Cannon. Before you speak on something, and I, and I try my best about this too, before I speak on something or go in on something, I try to educate myself somewhat, remotely at least. You know, Kanye just pulled some shit out of his ass. Just, you know, Harriet Tubman was taking the slaves and, and had them working for white people. Say, what now? Where did you get that? Who said that? Why do why, and why would you go to South Carolina to a state that has a lot of black people and a lot of hurt from racial injustice and say something like that? That's how you start. And then he goes on to talk about how, you know, he and you know, him and Kim or Kim almost aborted North. And that that was the part that he then went on. So I think the next day after the rally, he then went on Twitter and went on this rant about how Kim was trying to, you know, come out there with a doctor to lock him up. Right. You know, to put him on that, you know, 5150 hole that he so desperately needs to be put on. And so (laughs) I don't know where they left it. I don't know where it is, you know, but, you know, I can't, I don't know how I can go back from, there's two things here. The most significant things, yes, he disrespected Harriet Tubman and her legacy and did us all a disservice as black people. But to his wife and his child, that is a horrible thing to say. Even if it was true, North does not need to know that. North may very well be, these kids are very intelligent, you know, intelligent nowadays. They may, she may be able to access this information and completely understand what it means. She will. It was recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying she may understand it now. I mean, if she doesn't understand it now, she definitely will understand it in the future. And you don't want your child to know that. And if anybody anybody would have the right to talk about that, it would be the mother. He has not birthed, not nailed one of those babies. So he does not need to be speaking about any of it, especially not consulting his wife and not in some type of rant. And it was just the weirdest, craziest thing. And it just really shows that, you know, he was having an episode, Mm -hmm. you know, he was having a manic episode. And then maybe, and then he stormed off. He popped off on a black girl, of course. They were having an exchange and he stormed off. And then he, guess he went back to Wyoming. Um, I think he's in Wyoming, right? So Wyoming and then Dave Chappelle randomly decided to pay him a visit today. And that if you guys will watch the video, it's the most random 
weirdest video you would ever want to see in your life. Just like the most so awkward. What he needs to be doing is hope and pray to God that Chris does not destroy him. Chris is not the one. <laughs> she, she's crazy. <laughs> she's not. She's not the one. And especially if you come from one of her daughters and her grandbabies. I want Kanye to get the help that he needs. I want him to have the medication he needs so he can, so he can be okay. There is greatness inside of him. But this is just disturbing. But on to some better news, some brighter news. Let's kind of pick it up a little bit. Nicki Minaj is pregnant. Very pregnant. Very pregnant. Got a big old belly. Um, and I thought the photos were pretty. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, yeah she did a, a photo shoot with um, Dave Ch- David Ch- La Chapelle, right? Correct. And um, beautiful one, you know, called the Virgin Mary. <laughs> um, and then there was other photos that she took that looked very much like very much so like how Nikki looked when she first came out. And I thought that was great. I'm happy for her. I hope she gets some happiness in her life. And um, and hopefully that will give her a whole new um, outlook on things. And I've seen with Cardi, for example, how Cardi has changed as mother, you know, motherhood has totally changed Cardi. Um, and she loves that little girl and she's obsessed <laughs> with her. And Offset just bought her a Birkin, you know, just like they just don't know what to do with themselves and that little girl. They just love her so much. And that's great. And I hope Nicki Minaj does that. I hope she does that. And I hope that she just, you know, stays in a positive place. We need more positivity. We don't need all this negative stuff and beefing and talking shit and, you know, your real ass couldn't keep your man home, whoever she's talking to. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need, like, let's stop all of that. Have your baby, you know? And Nikki, I mean, to me, I think that the baby's going to be beautiful because, you know, Nikki is a beautiful woman, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, you know, I'm happy that she... Did we talk about... We did talk about last last episode about Megan Thee Stallion and, and yeah. Tori and getting shot in the foot and yeah, we all touched of that. On it, yeah. and, then, mm-hmm. and then how people, you know, she... Now it's just like this whole thing where we're trying to figure out who did it, why, what happened. <laughs> August Asina dropped a song... You know, featuring Rick Ross called Entanglements. And I actually like it. <laughs> I actually like, ain't this some shit? I actually do like this song. This song kind of knocks. It's like it's a knock. It's like it's a thing. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, Brandy. Brandy has a new song. And I think this might be a perfect way to end the show. I mean, we're at 55 minutes and I've been talking and I feel like I'm going to lose my voice. Um, but I love this because I've been wanting Brandy to go back to this sound and to put out a song like this for a long time, a long, long, long time. And she finally did it. And um, the name of the song is called Rather Be. And we're going to end the show with it. I just want to say to you, Love Muffins, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for hanging in there with me. There is so much yet to come, you know, and, I'm a firm believer now you got to wait till the ink dries on whatever deal that you're excited about. But I'm excited about a couple of things. And I do believe they are going to happen. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that. Um, I'll make sure that I got everything on my list. Oh, I, oh, the sweetest, I got the sweetest mes- message from Tabitha Brown. Um, you know, I recently, because I got restored on Instagram, I um, 
was, you know, able to start following people. And I love Tabitha Brown, you know, because that's my business. <laughs> love her to death. And she sent me the sweetest messages, basically saying that she was a huge fan of mine and that she loved my videos and I'm an inspiration. And, you know, she said, number one was the, the squirrel video for her, where I was in the car battling that squirrel and I ran out. And then number two was my Scarlet Takes a Tumble video um, that she said totally cracks her up. And she said such the most, she said such encouraging words that I needed. And I also told her that during this very difficult time, what she has been doing and her videos had brought me so much comfort. She has comforted me so much just by being who she is. She has that motherly thing going on and she's soothing. And in those positive videos she does, just telling people just to, you know, just to do the best she can and that you are loved. Her energy is so beautiful. I just want to just, you know, I just don't know what I want to do. I just, just want to cuddle or something. You know what I mean? I just want to just get there and be like, oh, oh, oh mama. That's what I feel like. Mama, Tabitha. And I'm, I'm, I'm basically about to go veganish again. So I'm like, I need to get some of that Tabitha cooking. But I wanted to say that before I leave because that was just a beautiful moment for me. You know, when, you know, sometimes you, you need an encouraging word and you don't know who it's going to come from. And, you know, the person that's encouraging you at that particular moment to turn around and say that you encouraged them and inspired them years ago is a beautiful thing for me. That really touched me. Um, but anyway, that being said, I want to say thank you, Love Muffins, for your support and your energy and, you know, always going to lovebeescott.com. And this song by Brandy also has given me some joy and it's called Rather Be. Until next time, double kisses. Bye-bye. Just be here for me